Hello and welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Forzio. I'm your other host, Daniel Colbert. Today's episode is brought to you by the song at the end of the season finale of Rick and Morty. And that song is Eleanor Rigby. <laughs> um, you I watch don't know Rick and Morty? Yeah, I've seen, I think, all the episodes of Rick and Morty. Did you see the fourth season? See, this is this is the thing. I can never know specific answers to mm. specific questions. Like so you know that. how there's moments in Rick and Morty that are actually like sad. Yes, there's like one moment somewhere in Rick and Morty that's actually sad when Rick there's like tries to. Ki- there are a few, but this one, like Rick tries to kill himself. You know, I think it was uh-huh. at the end of one of the other earlier seasons, and he's just like so wasted that his head just falls like on the desk and misses the laser beam that he set to kill himself with. Okay. And then they just kind of like leave you there with that. Yeah. And it's like, holy crap, this show, man. This mm-hmm. is this is this is a real show. It's anyway, no joke. the last bit of the last season, the most recent season, you know, he like says something how he's a terrible father and this music starts playing and the music is so good and I'm like, what is this music? Turns out it's like a Rick and Morty song. It's for Rick and Morty. Like it was written by Rick and Morty's music guy and another artist and it's really good and if you want to listen to it on Spotify you type in Rick and Morty (laughs) and it's it's the number one song by far now Uh, that's funny don't look back Um, it's good it's totally my kind of music very melancholy it's a good sad interesting yeah Yeah. so so that so they ended up sponsoring the show I reached out yeah and and they said they said oh Laravel yeah Um, we love that you know, the whole Rick and Morty JavaScript team is, it. is behind the sort of uh, artisan, code artisan right. lifestyle. I mean, they use Alpine on the show. Yeah. Like almost for every all episode. the animations. They use X transition for, <laughs> for all the animations. <laughs> yeah, it's couple. They've actually written a couple of custom Alpine plugins at this point. Y- yep. Um, X time travel, X space travel. Right. No time travel. So I just found out what Rick and Morty is a, is a play on. So it's I, Back to the Future, right, dude? This yeah. is so obvious. My wife said, "My wife is it? My wife is it <laughs> a play on Rigamortis? Because she like said Rigamortis and was like, that's like Rick and Morty, Rig. Uh-huh. So I went on Google because that's where you go, and like that's people say that they're like, yeah." Is it this? And then everyone else is like, dude, it's Doc and Marty. Uh, idiot. Oh, I didn't like you put didn't the, even words, get the, Doc I didn't and put Marty. the words together in my you head. You just intuited that it was a play on Back to the Future because Back to the, future. Of the scientist yeah. and the, yeah. yeah, interesting. But now it makes so much sense because, you know, he's constantly like, Morty, Morty, oh, uh, Morty, yeah. Morty, I need, you. it's just like, yeah. Marty, Marty. Yeah. Uh, come on, Morty. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to need you uh, to stick this uh, way up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, all right, Morty. Morty. All right, uh, uh. It's all like it's all throat with that guy. Yeah, for sure. Big uh, Morty. Uh, yeah, Morty. It's a hard. Yeah, you you did it better than I did. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So Good yeah, show. there's that. Good show. Yeah, dude, fantastic show. Fantastic show. Um, how do you so, find oh, yourself? Who, Whoa! Don't. Mm, okay. Who's this episode really sponsored by, Daniel? Melvor Idol. Exactly. Yeah, Melvor Idol. All right, so Caleb, this is we have a problem. 
here's the problem we have. We've mentioned Melvor Idol on the show. Yeah. But we haven't done a deep dive. Listen, listeners, if you're not you on Melvor Idol, you're doing it wrong. And then you and I did this stupid, stupid thing okay. that we sometimes do, which is last episode we stopped recording and then we talked about Melvor Idol for yeah. an hour. Um, so it, now we've had, now we have like, we try really hard to not talk to each other outside yeah, the show. Yeah, we have all this conversational history up. about Melvor Idol that's not canon. Right. And so it's like, anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry to you, the listener, for having a conversation with my friend. Um, yeah. Anyway, Caleb, what is Melvor Idol? So Melvor Idol, first we got to talk about the family of games Idol that games. is idle called games, idle which games. I think we talked about on the show. We've talked about Universal Paperclip on the show. Yeah. So I was into the the catnip game and the um you're a cat you're a kitten in a catnip cat. forest. I'm a cat. You're a kitten in a catnip forest. Uh-huh. I love cats. I love every kind of cat. I just want to hug all of them, but I can't. Mm-hmm. It's a very good little YouTube bit for anybody who gets that reference. Um mm-hmm. so I'm a kitten in a you're a kitten in a catnip forest is a really awesome idle game that's very much like is it the universal paperclip game? Yeah. Is there a the at the beginning or no? No, it's just called Universal Paperclip. Universal Paperclip game. Universal Paperclip? Okay. Um so these games are super fun and addicting. So if you care, like and they're games that you can play while Without you work. playing them. Yes. Yeah. That's why they're so cool. And they're so perfect for me because I always restrict myself from playing video games because I'm like I just like do a quick calculation of the amount of time that I would put into that. And I'm like, well, what if I put that into like my projects? Like that would be a big, you know, what if I turn my projects into a video game, <laughs> you know? Right. But this, this is like, I can be productive for both things. And gaming at the same time. Right. It's awesome. Yeah. So there are games like the paperclip game. You just start like, you, there's only one button to is it to make a paperclip or is make it a paperclip yeah you can just hit a button that's called like make a paperclip and then mm-hmm. your, this number of paperclips you own goes up and eventually like you can sell them and then you can use that money to buy like what like wire and then mm-hmm. and then a cutter and a basically a paperclip machine that does this for you but you have to have money to like feed the machine so you have to make money off the paperclips yep. and and so it kind of works out where like you can it, it teaches you a lot and then it just goes on and on and on at least with the catnip game i've gotten pretty far in the catnip game and it you start off like harvesting cat farming catnip in a catnip forest which is just a button that's like make catnip yep. and then fast forward to like far into the game there's other foreign cat alien cat civilizations that are visiting your planet you have like uh religion and philosophy and schools and all sorts of stuff for your kitten population and there's a whole economy and there's all this stuff it just gets crazy yeah, and it's all but, in a browser window and the whole thing is sort of automated so your choices are idle. the things your interactions are just to kind of like spend resources to get new shit yeah exactly but then like the actual interactions after a certain point in the game you're not doing them yeah for the most part like right you're, you're and anything you do time is really valuable like you mm-hmm. want time to pass. So you go mm-hmm. and you do other stuff. And then if a day passes, you're like, yes, like a day passed. I have right. so well, many paper clips now. Like <laughs> yeah. The meta of these games is like, 
how much time can you spend without thinking about the game? Yes. So that you then get the so adrenaline so or the dopamine drop of being like, oh, so I much progress has happened. Well, hours. I forgot that this game. Because if you, yeah. if you just like, if you're thinking about the game, yep. you're losing because yep. everything happens kind of slow and there's actually nothing exciting happening in the game. Yep. It's just sort of playing itself slowly for a long time. Right. So like you're best served by like having the game be playing and then going and doing some hard work yeah, and taking your brain out of the game and then coming back and being like, oh, look, I got 85 mining. Yes. Like if you, if I'm away from it for like four or five hours, you know, I come back and I'm like, oh, dope. Like, (laughs) look at all this progress. I just just hit four or five hours. So that's pretty great. So what is Mel4 Idol? Uh, first, Daniel, what we've talked about RuneScape a bunch on the show, right? We've talked about RuneScape. So, brief recap recap for the listener: RuneScape is a game that was very popular when Caleb and I were in like late elementary school, middle school. Um, yeah. That totally. Uh, it's like a MMORPG, so it's you and lots of other people in the world, and you have there's a bunch of different skills and you have a level in each of those skills from 1 to 99 so the skills might be mining or fishing or woodcutting or crafting or cooking um and you you start with level 1 in all of these skills and then by doing the thing for that skill you get XP and train up that skill and level up so you might go to a fishing spot and catch a bunch of shrimp and after you've caught like 20 shrimp you go from level 1 to level 2 um, yep. And the, it has an incredibly aggressive XP curve <laughs> where it ca- it takes you like 20 shrimp to get from level one to level two, but then it takes you like 40 shrimp to get from level right. two to level three. And what right? did you tell me the amount of XP it takes? Like what? So the levels so are between one and 99. Le- level so, 92 yeah. is the halfway point between one and 99. <laughs> and let me just tell so, you the listener that I've played RuneScape for more hours than I've played any game in my life. I've done more, I spend more time on RuneScape than with my family during my childhood. And I never made it even to you like- never got a 99. I never got a 90s. Maybe I had like one like low 90s skill. Like Yep. Like I have a RuneScape account that I've been playing on and off for three years or something. Um, and my highest level is 86. Daniel's killing it, by the way, folks. Like- this game is the grindiest game. Is it the grindiest game ever? I think it. I think it is the grindiest game. There's no game grindier. Like this is yeah. the game where you click, <laughs> you you play hundreds of hours of clicking the same thing, but it's, it's it's a very fun game. It's a totally open yeah, world, and it's, the graphics are shit. That's the graphics are garbage. Factor. But the who graphics cares? are garbage. And you just click the same rock over and over and over and over again to right. train your mining. Yeah, in the right? little emote. So it's like mindless, <laughs> completely mindless. So like when I'm playing RuneScape, I'm also watching TV or doing something else. You know, it's right. like one of these games that you can just kind of play while doing other things. Yeah, but you can um, do a zillion things. There's like, like I no other game. There's more of like a skill diversity, like a, you know, whatever, crafting diversity, whatever. There's just more diversity in what you can do than any other, like, popular MMO. You know, all the other right. ones are, like, and combat like the oriented. byproducts of certain skills are used in other skills, right? right? So, like, when you're mining, you'll get gems occasionally. So, like, every, whatever, hundred times that you mine a rock, you might get a sapphire, right? And then you will use those sapphires later in crafting to create, 
to cut like cutting sapphires is crafting training yeah right and so what the thing about runescape that can be irritating is that sometimes in order to train a specific skill it requires you to do like one action where you like click here click there click here click there click here click there right back and forth for hours and hours and hours and hours and it's boring and you kind of wish that you could just automate that step right, right? which is the reason you and i are programmers we've gone through this which is the, the reason that we're programmers because when daniel, we were children both when daniel we were and children, i yeah, yeah we botted runescape that was our first language was pascal because of scar shit scar. compared to auto rune which was the thing that you could use to write auto clickers and stuff like that um so deep history here folks yeah um so we both as children got into writing auto clickers for runescape to allow you to bypass some of the monotony of playing runescape right um so anyway we uh melvor idol is genius because <laughs> melvor idol is runescape it's basically exactly the same as runescape all the same skills all of the same materials all of the same tiers of things right like the fish that exist in runescape are the same fish that exist in Melvor Idol, and you right. can fish the same fish at the same level, yep. right? It's like it's identical to RuneScape, except it doesn't. It's not. It's there's an no idle game. Interface. There's no like graphics. I mean, there's, there's, there's no you graphics. Can't walk around there's in no the world. world. It's literally of like a bootstrap. It's made with Twitter it is bootstrap. Bootstrap. Yeah, it's a it bootstrap has like app. BTN, BTN. Yeah, primary totally. This classes. Is like panels yeah. with little like uh, top borders and a sidebar. Um, and you literally like, if you want to get into fishing, you click on the fishing thing in the sidebar and then you just click start fishing on a, on a fish and then it's fishing. That's it. And then it just fishes repeatedly. You can't interact with it any more than that. Like that's what you do. And right. And over time (laughs) you're getting all these fish and you're getting fishing experience and your levels going up. And you can sell it for money and use that money to buy other things and, and whatever. So, so, I, so Daniel told me about this on the show. I'm pretty sure. I think. He told me about it on the show like two episodes ago. Yeah. And so I just like popped it open, I think the day after or something. And I was just swept off my feet, man. And I, I had the singular focus of like. It is like a very romantic game. Like if oh, you man. are specifically us, you yeah, know, right. if you are like Caleb and If you and are I, us, you could do This game is like just. It's just, it, this is your love language, it, right? It like, is, totally. <laughs> no one could make a free passion project like Melvor Idol that would speak to me any more than this one does. No. And it shows because, like, the guy who made it is, is, like, funded, like, from the community. Like, people are super into this. He's got a thriving it's Patreon. Um, so, it's this game... The the interesting thing is, yes, it's totally just for us, but I think anybody would totally enjoy it. So you don't have to know oh, yeah, anything about sure. RuneScape. You just pop on this game and start fishing. So it's um, Melvor, M-E-L-V-O-R, idol.com. Yep. <laughs> um, and, and then the other the thing, people are laughing me out of the room with this game, Daniel. Like telling Mitch about it. He's like, what are you doing, bro? And Mitch was super it. into RuneScape. So I, I got to get Mitch in. Has he tried playing it? No, I got to get him into it. But like, and my wife, like that people, they just like laugh when they see my tab switch over to Melvor Idol and they're like, 
what are you why are you doing this like <laughs> and as you try explaining it to someone who yeah, doesn't oh, like, you understand like, idol games you think you think like, it's ridiculous what? to try and tell your wife that you're playing actual runescape <laughs> try and tell your wife <laughs> that you're playing a simulated version of runescape <laughs> where it's a game about pretending to play runescape it's a game about pretending to play runescape it is and i think the thing that makes it so sweet for us of course is like I can get to a level 99 in something. I've never yeah, been able right. to do it's that. Like, yeah. like, this is I'm crazy. trying to like have a I have career a skill over game. here. <laughs> yeah. Like I have a fight, uh, fishing skill game. So we should talk about the philosophy of the game or the differing philosophies. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first thing, like my mission with the game, as soon as I started, was like, I like fishing. Yeah. So I'm going to take my fishing skill to 99 and everything else is one mm-hmm. until I got fishing to 99. And that was a real grind, even though it's an idol game. <laughs> but like, it was a grind because I oh, had to. The other thing just we didn't like hopelessly you can, check it you can for only, a week and a half. You can only be idle for twelve hours. Right. Yes. So you, it's not like you can game. just start it and then yeah. come back in six days and have ninety nine fishing. Yeah. Like you have to check in twice a day. Yes. And um, more if you're like me and you just want to, yeah. dude, it's just like checking my Twitter notifications or anything that gives you a dopamine hit after you leave it for a little bit or like, yeah, you check in every once in a while. Even like checking like my stock portfolio and stuff. You're just like, oh, stuff's been doing stuff while I've been away. Like, what do we got? Mm-hmm. It's dude, it's checking everything. It's just another thing to check, man. Yep. Except it's fabricated and yep. totally not worth anything. But, um, but yeah, so, so you sent me something today. Um, yeah. So, uh, I was sitting here working and, um, in the background I was training combat or uh, sorry, I was training mining, which is totally AFK, right? Away from and then, folks. W- yeah. Which means that you just don't need to even have the game open. You just have it closed and it's doing mining for you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I really want to train combat skills. The problem with combat skills is you have to eat food when your health gets low or you'll die, right? Yeah. Um, and there is an option in the game to buy an upgrade called Auto Eat for 1 yeah. million coins. Um, you can buy Auto Eat and Auto Eat will eat food for you if your health falls below 40%. Yep. I did not happen to have a million coins at the time. Hmm. Um, Because you didn't train your fishing to 99. That's why. Well, and I I had things that I could have sold for a million coins, right? Like I had a stack of 85,000 coal that I could have sold. (laughs) Um, But I needed that for other stuff later. So I didn't want to sell it. So what did I do, Caleb? Who am I if not a guy who bots RuneScape? So I went into, I inspected Element on a couple of things, and I noticed that this game gives IDs to everything. Mm. Everything in this game, like every DOM element has Mm -hmm. an ID. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Because what we love is IDs because they make it so easy to automate clicking on things. Yeah. Right? So I wrote myself a little script that basically watches the div that has my current health watches the div that has my maximum health points it takes a constant which is how much health eating one piece of food would heal yep and if the difference between my current health and my health points is greater than the amount of food that i could heal by eating a piece of food it eats a piece of food um and that's what it does 
And so I left that running for six hours or something okay. while I was working and trained up a bunch of strength XP. And then I was like, you know what? I could be training Slayer at the same time. So Slayer is a task where you get assigned to kill certain monsters. Mm -hmm. um, and then you kill them. So you'll get a task that's like, go kill um, 75 jelly worms or whatever. And mm -hmm. then you have to go kill 75 jelly worms. In exchange for doing that, you get a small reward. Right? And you get XP in the, in the Slayer skill. Okay. So I was like, well, I could be training Slayer while I'm training combat. All that's required is there's a little button that says get a new Slayer task and then jump to monster. Hmm. And so you click jump to monster and it makes you stop fighting the monster you're currently fighting and go fight the monster you're assigned to fight. Mm -hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, now I have written a script that includes the follow. So I have a main loop called fight. And within the fight loop, I have three functions. Eat if necessary, loot if necessary, jump if necessary. Sweet. So every second, so I have like a little set interval running. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So every second it runs through eat if necessary, loot if necessary, jump if necessary. So eat if necessary is like the thing I talked about. Check my hit points, check whether I should eat a piece of food, eat that piece of food. Um, when I... um. When it detects that I am low on food, it runs away and stops the bot so that I never die, right? Okay. So yeah. if I'm almost out of food, it will just stop fighting. Mm -hmm. um, loot, if necessary, basically says, so when you're fighting, there's like 16 slots of loot that can be on the ground. And then you have to like pick it up or you'll stop accumulating new loot on the ground. Yep. So basically loot, if necessary, is like it checks to see whether the ground is full. And if it is, it presses the loot button. Yeah. Um, jump, if necessary, checks whether I'm fighting the monster that I'm assigned to fight for Slayer. And if not, it transitions to that monster and fights it. So now I have fully automated combat. Um, I am just sitting here. It took me 15 so minutes to, to write this bot. And now I am sitting here recording a podcast with you. And uh, we're at both the same being time, productive. While we're, oh, we're both playing Melvorito while we're talking. Yeah. Um, so Daniel, the interesting thing here is that so that in fire making, there's sort of a similar thing where you can burn a bonfire and get extra XP. But but it's the kind of thing where uh, you have to be there to click it. So when I'm around, like I might just sit there clicking it just for fun. But mm -hmm. it's no way to really move the needle. I need to have an auto clicker. Yeah. And of course, I could pop open a little set interval with a click for that element. But I'm like, okay, if I do this. So I'm kind of split here mm -hmm. because there, part of me is like, well, the whole thing is an idle game. Like, why, why wouldn't I do something that makes it more idle, you know? Right, right. But then it's like, well, on the other end, I could, it's, it's like, um, what, uh, what that, what, not auto rune, but I don't know. There was some scar. No, there was something for runescape that allowed you to do this, but whatever I could, like, I could just inspect element on Melvor idle and I could just change all my levels to 99. Right. Like, you know, what's the difference? Mm -hmm. Like, where's the line, Daniel? So here's the thing. You, with any of these games, with RuneScape, with Melvor Idol, you have to create your own goals. Yes. Right? Like, your goal was to get 99 fishing without getting any other levels. Right? Yeah. yeah. And that's like, you have to create your own goals. Yeah. Um, 
And the cool thing about Melvor Idol is it's truly single player, unlike RuneScape. Meaning that botting in this game does nothing to anyone else. Right, right? for sure. So it's purely <laughs> up to like, does this give me joy or not? Right. Right? And it turns out that for me, successfully writing a bot to automate something kind of clicky and annoying mm-hmm. does give me joy. And I think the reason that I would prefer a combat bot over like a bonfire bot mm-hmm. is like the bonfire bot is designed in the game to reward you for not being AFK, right? Yeah, right. So there's a version of fire making that's AFK and then there's a version of fire making that's not AFK. And the version that's not AFK is better XP than the version that is AFK. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. There is no AFK version of combat. Gotcha. Right? So like you're you always have to the eat AFK food. version of. Right. So I'm just making combat. this one skill that's not AFK mm-hmm. like the rest of the game, which is AFK. Okay. Um, so there's that. Also, now that I have discovered that everything has an ID, um, I've done a little bit of other looking into the API and realized that there are. Uh, global functions to start training a skill oh boy so there's like a start cooking yep method and a start fishing method mm-hmm. that just like starts you doing that skill um so now i am thinking the real goal for this game for me i think is to write a script mm-hmm. that i could run in a chrome like a controlled chrome web driver instance yep that would take a fresh account to Max Cape hmm. without me ever interacting with it. Right. Like, I would like to just buy an AWS, like, tier two micro <laughs> or whatever, right? Yeah. Stick this, like, Chrome WebDriver instance on it and run it and then come back and then just, like, have it post into a Slack channel or message me on Telegram or whatever and say, hey, you new le-, like every time it gets a new level, I want it to yeah, tell it me. Yeah, it just texts you. But I want it to go through the whole process of like chopping the wood for the trees, then fletching all of that wood into bows and arrows and then cra- uh, mining a bunch of ore, then making arrow tips out of it and then fletching those arrow tips onto the arrows and then using those arrows and the bows that it made to train ranged. Yeah. Like all of that stuff. So I want to devise like, a, a way to 99 where it it doesn't buy anything right it just it creates everything yeah um and it's all totally automated and i think it's doable totally and it really probably wouldn't even be that much work because you just have to do one skill at a time and while that one's training then you have the time to build the, the tool for the next skill yep yeah it's uh it's pretty interesting daniel i think it would be interesting to do a to try to hack it because it is a local game but you can like hook it up to the cloud and whatnot but um but like the save oh, to like accelerate your xp rates or something yeah like there's got to be ways to do this if it's just oh yeah like you could definitely change the, universe, the constants well like so everything everything has like a certain number of seconds it takes right so fishing a shark yeah. at a certain level co- takes yep. whatever seconds mm-hmm. um so that constant must be changeable i don't know I this is this is the thing I'm interested in. I don't want to do it with my main account because <laughs> you know that that's my Iron right. Man <laughs> mm-hmm. account. But um, but open you know, open a new tab, get a new game going, and just rip apart the JavaScript and see if I can make something crazy. And if yeah, not, well, the I'm save saying. file like, is just a 
base 64 encoded string. And so I just quick popped it in, uh, you know, Tinker and base 64 decoded it and it shat out a bunch of, well, I guess this is kind of the nature of base 64. Is it? No, it, it shat out a bunch of, uh, like binary, you know? Oh really? It's binary. Yeah. Like hex symbols on the screen and stuff. Hmm. So like, I'm trying to think. What is it? Is it like a SQLite file? Like oh, base sixty four SQLite database. That would be pretty interesting. So I wonder you could take you know a SQLite database function. You could take a SQLite database and base sixty four encode it. Yeah, and literally pass a database as a string. That's wild. <laughs> Sushi two point We gotta, dude. We gotta figure this out. We gotta, um, gotta get to the bottom of this here. So do you know the terminal command file? Um, so file just you it's file and then you pass it a file. Okay. Um, and it, there are lots and lots and lots of little, um, modifiers and arguments that you can pass to it. Sure. But it will give you information about that file, including headers and stuff. Oh, that cool. Might so I could just what file type it is. Decode it, put it into a file and then run this file thing and get. And yeah, info on it. probably discover that. whether it's a SQLite database or something. Right, right, right. Um, so this, there's yes, this. Um, yes. There, I used to play some of these like online hacking games. Yeah, um, we talked about this, like hack the box or whatever. Hack the box or whatever. Um, and it was really common that like one of that like something would be like you get onto a server and there's just a file. And it's like a base 64 encoded string in a text file or something. And then you like log in, you base 64 decode it. And you're like, what the hell kind of file is this? And it turns mm-hmm. out it's like an encrypted PDF, but it was encrypted with this version of Adobe Acrobat that is easy to decrypt, you uh, know, or what, yeah. you know, like stuff like that. So uh, anyway, I feel right at home in this sort of, <laughs> in this sort of problem space. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, all I'm saying is Melver Idol is great. Automating Melver Idol is also great. And also there's like an official scripts and extensions section on the Melver Idol site oh. where if you write a script to automate things in Melver Idol, they'll publish it. Really? Yeah. So like this is like supported huh. activity. This isn't like RuneScape where like you're you're going to get banned for this. Right, right. Like they're like, no, no, no. We understand people are like <laughs> people are writing scripts to do things in Melver Idol. I'm sure yeah. the reason everything has an ID is to support people doing exactly what I'm doing, you know? Interesting. Yeah. So anyway. Fascinating. All, all that being said, uh, try out Melver Idle, play it legit for a while, and then uh, write scripts. Yeah. Shabloim. I expect to see some screenshots of some 99s, okay, folks? Yep. Yep, yep, I'm yep. Looking yep. for those 99 level So tweets. you have 99 fishing now. What What's your level breakdown right now? So... We won't bore the people too much with this. Next week after they've all played it and they're deeply interested in this knowledge. Yeah. So I'm up to 97 woodcutting. That's my next target. Uh-huh. So that's that. And then I have some oh, fire there's a um, <laughs> there's a YouTube channel, which if you have ever played RuneScape or are kind of interested in RuneScape, this is a good YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is Hanani. So H-A is Hannah. But okay. instead of the second H, it's N I E. So H A N N A N I E. Hanani. Okay. Mm-hmm. An Australian RuneScape player. Incredibly funny. Um, but the thing that they did that like made them famous is uh, 
they were trying to come up with like because like the way that runescape youtube works now is you have to come up with like a special kind of account build and work on it so people will do like pvp world only hardcore iron man yeah or um one guy did a uh an iron man that was locked to the mauritania region only you know um friends the an iron man is uh an account that never can't has, trade that oh that can't trade right 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 okay and Not a hardcore that- iron man is you can't die yeah um can't die can't trade um anyway the uh so this, this guy was like what special account build should i make i don't get it and then he was like fuck it i'm making a woodcutting pure so he has this nice. account that only woodcuts yeah and uh got 99 woodcutting a long time ago and so now whenever he's doing something on any of his other accounts um whenever he's doing voiceover or something he'll just be woodcutting on his woodcutting pure at That's the awesome. same time that he's doing voiceover the whole account is hilarious i'll send you one video to watch if you don't like okay. it you don't have to watch the rest of them Good. but for the listener um the video you want to watch is hanani cabbage um Hanani cabbage. I forced a hundred people to pick cabbages. Now I'm rich. That's the video you want to watch okay. to get a taste for what Hanani is. And uh, if you don't like it, then that's fine. We can it's put it in the everyone. show notes. Show notes. Oh my god, show notes. We've never used the show notes. We never use the show notes. All right, we could I'm gonna for this. I'm gonna send you the link now so that we don't forget to put it in the in the show notes. I like. Um, you could put it in the show notes, but you're just, right, right. just but by sending note. it yeah, to you, that, yeah, yeah. that will, yeah, schmeckle that, that will remind um, you, yeah, go schmeckle yourself. Will do. Uh-huh. That's great. Last thing on RuneScape, um, you could, if you, if anybody's inspired to play it, which I have been inspired, I even downloaded it when we were hanging out last week, but I didn't touch it because I have Melvor Idol. And before I touch it, I go, there's so many better things I could be doing with my time, which is mm-hmm. the worst mindset to have for fun in life. But yeah. Um, but there that's the my, that's the way my brain works. So, yeah. so there's that. Uh, uh, but yeah, you when you need to play old school RuneScape, that's the message here. Yeah, don't play new, RuneScape. Normal RuneScape sucks now, and it sucks so bad that they brought back the old awesome version. And it's called old school RuneScape. Yeah, that's what so everybody plays. Nobody the, cares about. It. They made RuneScape uh, into a new version of RuneScape. The new version of RuneScape is trash. And so, sometime in like 2015 or something. 2013 i don't know they were basically like all right we're going to release a new version of runescape that is runescape as it existed in 2007 yep and so they picked a specific date they grabbed a backup of runescape and they just launched it and it's incredibly popular no one plays new school runescape anymore it's only old school runescape old school runescape yeah so if you're gonna play it make sure you play osrs so that's great, Daniel. Um, Daniel, hopscotch and switching the topic here. Absolutely. I just remembered to remind you about something. I think I said that I'm going to check in with you on something. There was a bug that you discovered in Livewire or something or some feature, and you were like, uh, "You no, should do it, this." And it I was, was like, the it was the Alpine J or yeah, it was the it was the class thing. What was it? Um, so the class attribute is treated differently than other attributes. Right. In that. Ah, yeah, yeah. You can't like set a default. Like it, it just like appends instead of replacing. Right. You can't. And yes. we were talking about, and I still want to do that, but I've been busy right. with other class dot force or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm going to keep reminding you until you please PR do. It. Please do. Please do. Okay. Um, Are you going to do it this week? Yeah, I'll do it this week. Um, you heard it, folks. In other news, in other news, the topic we talked about last week about like um, having about like how you would sort of like wire model to a blade component to alpine component. Yeah. When we talked about it, it was all speculation because I hadn't just done that. But now I've just done it. Okay. I've been doing it all week. Folks, catching you up here, you're using Livewire and you want a little fancy schmancy blade component that encapsulates a bunch of little widgetry doodadiness with Alpine. And so we were talking about that wall between Livewire and Alpine being those blade components. We're like, wouldn't it be great, you know, if you could do this just wire model to all these things and you can but there's one problem with wire model is when you spoof wire model meaning you're not actually wire modeling to a native input element if you're spoofing it you know on a blade component and you're actually just using live wire under the hood you want a way to both set and get the initial data and this does actually work with entangles so the problem is kind of solved if you use entangle but so go sort it. of almost solved if you use entangle okay the problem is uh you need to set the value the first time okay right so say i'm entangling to it does set the value the first time right uh not in my experience so if you entangle and also this is a piece of um this is a piece of documentation that i need to figure out the answer to this and then PR the documentation on Entangle because this Sweet. is something that's not documented, right? Okay. So the way that Entangle is explained in the docs, right, yep. is it makes live wire. I, I don't exactly know how it's said, but it's basically like it makes the live wire value the same as the Alpine value, and when one changes, the other changes, yep. right? But what it doesn't say is on initialize which one is set first does the alpine value override the live wire value or does the live wire value override the alpine value in the initial live wire because intuitively because you have a public property in live wire called foo or count that has a value yes then in alpine you have a property called count you don't set it to another value you set it to to wire dot entangle or at entangle count you're mm-hmm. referencing the live wire value. So, so it gets if set that from value, live wire. But yeah. if that value is X modeled to an input. Yep. With Alpine. Oh, right. Gotcha. This is an You see what I'm saying? Scenario. Will okay, so like my hypothesis would be all right, so the machinery would be it would initially get set from live wire. And then so X that's model. Actually... Well, no, hold on. So X model isn't going to set the value. It's not going to override the value. Right. It's going to get the value, which is going to get the value from Livewire. No, but before Livewire. Oh, it's null for a split second or it just doesn't. It's null for a split second. And then it's updating my database with the null value. To null. Interesting. Oh, so that's a bug. Well, I don't know if it's a bug. It's just a non-documented feature. It's an interesting case, but I I would consider that a bug. Um, So what I ended up doing. Um, and this is a little bit hacky, but okay. a little bit cool at the same time. Okay. Um, so I have an X init. Yep. So the important thing to note here is 
my Alpine component has two inputs within it. Yep. Right? So if you wire model on something, yep. on like a parent element that has inputs within it, yep. it's waiting for those input events, and those input events are going to trip wire model. Yes. Um, so one of those, so the, the component I'm actually making is like a sort of select two style drop down with a search field. Yep. Right. And yep. that search field is just doing front end only filtering on the options for that drop down. Yep. Right. Um, so what I, what I found when I was wire modeling is that I would type into the search field and then my database would be updated with whatever this current search string was because those input events were getting caught by wire model and then passed up to Livewire. Right. And then that was updating my database. So you need to wire ignore your inputs, right? Um, or your inputs that don't contain the value that you want, right? So you just entangle the data in Alpine, wire ignore the inputs, but I still want the API of wire model from the top level, right? So I still want to say X special select input wire model value right right like i want to treat it like any other input yeah um so anyway long story shorterman um what i'm currently doing is in my x init i am grabbing the key of the wire model and then i'm doing like a wire get and setting that value for the initial set mm. to a specifically override the hmm. The, right, you shouldn't have to do that. Entangle you shouldn't should have just to do, do that, that, but I do that have to do that do right it. now. Okay. You should um, at least submit a failing test. A failing PR. case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a failing dusk test. It should be very simple. There's entangled dusk tests. Um, you should do that. Daniel, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm going to hound you so, so hard what, on this so podcast can, until you yeah, contribute to Can we talk about what, what you would... How, what you would want the ideal situation to be. Yeah. Um, I would think that like we were talking about before with like, if you have a counter in Alpine, that's wire entangled to like a property called count in, mm-hmm. um, in live So you have counts in both liveware and Alpine and they're entangled to each other. If you have an input or something that says X model count, you would expect it to inherit the initial value from Livewire, And mm-hmm. then, you know what I'm saying? And then when you yeah. change that you input... You expect Livewire to be the ultimate source of truth. Totally. Yep. Well, um, at least init- yeah, initially. Yes, right. Livewire is the, the ori- ultimate source The original of source of truth. Yeah. Because um, there's so nothing else. Here's an interesting thing that I was kind of thinking about. Um, so I'm sure that you've played with um, X model and Wire model on the same input. X model and Wire model... On the same input? No, I don't think so. Um, no, definitely not. How do you feel about the idea of X model and Y model on the same input? <laughs> it's interesting. I wonder who would win. You know, well, they would both update the the passive part. The listening part would be fine because they would mm-hmm. update separately as they receive new input events. But who wins when one wants to change the other? And I don't know. Yeah, so that was, so in my situation where I have two inputs inside of the same yeah. thing, yeah. Um, one thing I was briefly considering was just having an input hidden, yeah. a hidden input, right? 
then wire ignoring the search field so that those input events don't get caught. Mm-hmm. Then X modeling the value into an input. Wire ignoring hidden. won't stop the input events from firing. It seems to be stopped. Or sorry, not not wire ignoring. Uh, input dot stop or at input stop sure. is what I'm doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so at input stopping the the one I don't care about. Yeah. Right. And then just like sticking the value from Alpine like X modeling that value into this input and then wire and then the wire model will catch those input events. So when it gets updated by X model. Yeah. And then you don't have to do all X of model the, won't fire input events when it updates. X model won't fire input events. Gotcha. Yeah. What, that's interesting. Why not? Because it's listening. It's just for not the events. nature of it. Yeah. It's listening for it. It's not going to fire them when it, when it does something because it's like yeah i don't know you know and i i wouldn't get too into it because some inputs fire change events like select drop downs fire change events right and some inputs fire input events so it's not like a very clear cut this thing fires that or you know what i mean it's it is well yeah so then there's key downs and touches and things that trigger that stuff and i don't know i i I'm, I wouldn't get into that, I don't think. But yeah, this is a fun like pattern to like come up with the best solution for, right? I guess it's I like, don't see the problem with, with what Liveware currently offers. Like, what is the pattern that you're proposing and what advantage does it give someone? Um, so I'm not proposing a pattern. I'm trying to come up with a pattern. Right, um, what's the problem? Because the, the whole, like the... the the, so the problem is that the entangle didn't work the way I thought it did. And so right. I was trying and to I solve other things. I bet it does. Things. I feel like it does, dude. It would be a bug if it doesn't. Uh-huh. And I bet it does. And then if and then if that's the case, then we fix the bug or or you fix the thing that made it not work that way. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then and then you get to go hap- merrily on your way. Happy merrily on my way. Yeah, cuz null doesn't come from anywhere. Like null shouldn't exist. You know? Yeah, like right. That Alpine it, property isn't set to null ever. So it's confusing to me why it would leak. Well, it's in. X modeled to an input is what I'm saying. Right. If, okay, if like Alpine initially took, yeah, still, I don't know. I'm skeptical, man. Okay. But if, if it is the case, like it's a, it's a bug. So we should just fix it. Very the interesting. And then you can just do whatever you want. That's yeah. what we should do. Cool. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to my component and report back. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but do. yeah, anyway, lots of fun in Livewire land um, and Alpine land. That's very great. fun times. A lot of, um, so in this app, there are a bunch of small, uh, there's a bunch of Livewire component nesting that was done. Okay. Um, and I am on like a micro crusade to um, de-nestify yeah. the code base. Mm-hmm. Um and so I've been taking a lot of things that were live wire components and turning them into like stupid Alpine components that, yep. um, that don't do things like that. Yeah. So the example of like that drop down with the search, that search used to be backend powered search. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we looked at the use case and we were like, well, we're never searching more than 20 options. Mm-hmm. So let's just write a little search function in JavaScript and then chop the head off of this component and then make it Alpine only. And then now we can use it exactly the way we were using it before, 
except that it's not another nested live wire component. Yeah. So we're just we're just out here killing nested live wire components, making you know, doing the thing that you and I talk about, which is like moving all the state into the page component, basically. Yeah. Like all the, moving all the live wire into the page component and then like making everything else like Alpine. Yeah. Um how do you have you ever made like a giant page with I guess you definitely have for your things, but like how do you organize? Like this is much more of like an aesthetic thing, right? Because it's like at a certain point you're like, okay, this needs to get broken up, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that that's why people end up nesting live wire components is just yeah. because the page gets too big. I think the ideal scenario is what Taylor did in Jetstream, where he's got like kind of these discrete parts of the page, and they're all root level live wire components. Uh huh. They're not under like a page level umbrella component. Uh-huh. And I think that's really nice. And then also. Um, and so like, there's like a few times where you might really need to communicate across components. So for example, in Jetstream, if you, there's a profile form and, but there's also a drop down that shows your like username and they're totally discrete separate areas of the page. And when you hit save in one, you want it to update the other, you know, mm-hmm. like if you modify your username, you want the, the drop down to update. So it's not stale. And in these cases, I think the imperative um firing an event is the best thing like dispatching a browser event or firing a live wire event to communicate across components when you really need to you know but the ideal scenario is that you have multiple root level live wire components that are discrete mm-hmm. sometimes that's not possible and you do end up with a really really big you know root level component and in that case there's back endy stuff you can do you can you know put functionality into traits um can we talk about a, a, an API that I don't know if it works or not? It probably, it almost certainly doesn't work. Okay. But it'd be kind of sexy if it did. Yeah. Imagine, so Entangle, the way Entangle works, as far as I grok it, it's designed yep. for Alpine components that are nested within Livewire components, right? Yep. So you have a Livewire component. Within that Livewire component, you have an Alpine component. Yep. Uh, and then you can entangle a value from your Alpine component to the parent live wire component. Yep. Imagine a world. In a world. Where you had the opposite. You had a wrapper Alpine component that had multiple discrete live wire components within it. Yeah. And then they and could you could entangle. Entangle to one shared thing. Yeah. Yeah. How hot would that be? Did because we the, talk about this? Or I don't so, know. I think maybe Josh Hanley and I were because the this. value Think about this for a hot second here. Because the value of the parent page live wire component, yeah. right? It's pretty schmecked. Is that like, like, so I'm on a page, right? And mm. it's like a, everything on this page has to do with this one object, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've got this discrete section where I'm dealing with like the metadata of the object itself. Then over here, I'm dealing with comments on the object. Over here, I'm dealing with like switching which version of the object I'm looking at, Yeah. you know? But it all is derived from a single object, right? Yeah. And so having a parent um like post dot show live wire component like a page yeah. level component mm-hmm. that goes uh that does like a you know this dot or this arrow post equals post and then updates to that post change all of the things on all of the page is great right 
And so it's almost like, well, what if I could just have like the Alpine act as like my global store Mm -hmm. for the page, you know, maybe even use Alpine.store. That'd be crazy. Um, Right. So I think I, I think it was Josh Hanley and I that have like tinkered on this and I forget why we lost steam, but I like it. I like where you're headed. I think that, I think it's like a type, like it's a hydration dehydration problem. You know, because like I don't know, like if you have if you have an alpine component at the root level, the problem is, is like how do you normally when you're entangling, you're specifying that that syntax to define to declare that a property is being entangled is in the liveware template when you're writing the alpine component. Right. So if the alpine component exists outside of it, how does livewire declare that it wants its property entangled to that live to that alpine? thing you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we need a different i like the yeah. idea of and it would be something kind of like dependency the, it but. would be kind of like the listener syntax right now where it's like you, you yeah like entangled like a, or something yeah entangled and then it just gives a key right and that that's the worst case scenario like that's the absolute worst case scenario but the more ideal scenario is that somehow there's some programmatic api that's not just like Lit arbitrarily hard coding yeah. the name yeah. of a property that so like, like it would mystical. be like in your mount method you would do like this arrow um like this arrow post equals you know this entangle post or something like that right maybe but then there's like you know what i mean you can't draw a line between alpine and that in yours inside your mount method you know what i mean you want to be able to draw the line inside that's your why what? mount method Oh, what did you think I said? A momith? <laughs> or Malmoth? Inside your Mal method. Inside your Mal method. So, Dan Cole, I don't know. That's a tough problem. Um, but technic- technologically, it's possible. Yeah. Like, so, but here's the thing that's hard about it is that um, the cases where you would want it, I think are often cases where you want an actual object, not one of the sort of transport safe types, right? Mm. So okay. not, not somewhere post, where you would, not the like you would want the post, post not an array, not a string, not an integer, right? Okay. And so like, let's imagine the like world where like Alpine is just entangling the post ID, right? Yeah. And then, you have like an updated post ID yeah. in each component mm-hmm. that is then going and like looking up the post and making a fresh request. And then now I'm making three requests for a post every time that this post changes, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get back to the thing of like, okay, well, am I going to serialize and deserialize these posts? Uh, like, how am I going to handle this situation? You know? Yeah. And like you are famously anti um, using uh, using eloquent models. As I guess you. I'm. <laughs> and I ran into a, a reason. I'm not so, anti using eloquent models. No, but models, I'm being but more swayed serious... to your side. Okay. I've been more swayed to your side. Specifically, arrays of models are bad news. Oh, um, big deke. Yeah. Uh, good news coming at you. So Josh Hanley, I don't know if he listens to the show. But he deserves a whole segment on the show. Have you sure. you've heard the name? Have you heard yeah, the, the name? Yeah, the, the name is the name has come across my. Bow. What do you know about the name? 
Just the name. That's it. Okay, well, you should know more about it. He's like number two at LiveWire headquarters right now. Um, uh-huh. LiveWire he's HQ, a number, number numero one. dos. <laughs> he's number one. This guy is like, he is putting so much effort into LiveWire core, which is encouraging me to put more effort in. Uh-huh. And he's just the guy who just absorbs really hard problems and and just rolls up his sleeves and digs in. He is the guy who has the complete um, contributor's mindset. Is mm-hmm. like when he, if there's anything that anybody has wrong, including himself, he's like, all right, well, let's contribute it, you know? So he's just contributed so much. And he just tackled the big problem of collections of models and binding to them. No way. And he tackled it in a big way. Like no it's way. actually super nice. Like, so there is an it's issue. Actually, it kind of blows my mind how powerful it is. There is an issue from 2019. With Daniel's name on it? No, there's an issue from 2019 where someone says, my model is getting converted to an array. Yeah. Um, and you... Do I say something dismissive? No, you okay. provided an amazing comment with three potential approaches. You call them option A, B, and C. Okay. To how you would design this component to get around this problem. Okay. And um, myself and... Uh, I don't know if he wants his name said on the podcast, but one of the guys I'm working with. It's Jeff. Have gone through, um, have gone actually through not all three because we, we wrote one off right off the bat, but we've gone through two of those implementations on a single component so far okay. because we, we implemented one, then it caused, it didn't, it caused a lack of support for something else we needed. So okay. then we ended up going and implementing the other one and it's been really instructive and fun because we've like gotten to talk a lot about like the design patterns around this specific thing. Right. So it's like a classic, um, Hmm. it's a classic add member, invite members to this project. Yeah. Right. So it's like invite people to your Trello board Mm -hmm. component. Right. So it's like you can pick people from a list who already have accounts or you can type in an email address and it will invite that person to join the thing. Right. And uh, the the list of currently invited people is outside of the component. Yep. Um, anyway, it's it's a really interesting it's a really interesting situation. Right. Because there's a, it's got all the it's got all the fun ingredients. Right. A third party library that's that's set up with X and it, you know, and then you've got that state. And then you've got like a collection of models and then it's like, well, what do I do? Do I make a single array that includes the email addresses? Do I do like user make, but then like maintain these like non database saved users and then like on update, like go through and check whether they exist and then send them an invite. Like, how do I, how do I do this whole thing? So there's lots of fun design patterny problems for live wire components to solve in there. Um, And uh, anyway, one of them was the like, uh, array flattening of arrays of users and all of that. Mm. Um, but option B is the option. If anyone finds that issue comment, we can put it in the show notes. Show notes. Show notes. Show notes. Show notes. Can you make a note for yourself to put it in the show notes? I am literally scrolling back and grabbing it right okay. now. Yeah. Pretty interesting. This So this Livewire release is going to be huge. Like it's going to be like absolutely huge there's a ton of things coming to it i guess this like should we make this segment the what's coming in live wires oh next my god release? please because now i like 
Not now even, I'm invested. I care, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there's quite a few things. Um, it's funny how like uh, invested I am in Livewire right now. Uh, oh, I, I just thought about this today. I need to bump up my um, my GitHub sponsorship amount because I now fit the tier of someone who's making money from Livewire. Oh, hey. All you right. know what well, I'm saying? Okay. Before I just liked Livewire. Now right, I make money right, from right. it. Now you make money from Livewire. Um, so, Dan Cole, what's the latest Livewire version? Is it, Boy, you don't know that. Let's see. I can it tell is... you. The latest Livewire version is Livewire 139.5. Um, yeah, that's just the most recent one dot. Um, releases. Yeah, 2.5.5. 255. Okay. 255. Okay. So, here's, here's some things coming to Livewire in order of... Well, I won't say in order of what I'm most excited about because I don't know if I have it's it. Hard, right it's a hard thing to, to know. It's a hard thing to say off the bat. So first, wireable <laughs> objects. This is from uh-huh. Dan Heron and Ryan Chandler. Um, so any, uh, this is great for any public property. Mm-hmm. So you know how like Livewire can, JavaScript can only understand arrays and strings and integers and whatnot. So anything Livewire does in its public properties has to boil down to that. But yes. In the back end, you know, you want it to feel live. So you want to like, so this is what we do with models. We automatically detect that a property is an eloquent model. We dehydrate it into a plain array of data, pass it to the front end. And when we come back to the back end, we rehydrate it as an eloquent model. Yes. Right. Of course. So people have PR'd support for other things like collections, then eloquent collections, then uh, date times, stuff like that. So there's other things that have been added, but there's lots of times where you want control over your own thing like you might have your own object in php yes it's custom or something and you want to be able to do that and there are hooks and things that allow you technically to do this sort of thing right but Which it's not well I went documented. down that road with this too it's nasty yeah it's like there's a thousand different ways to do it um because i've evolved my different ways to do it a bunch of times but here's the thing there's, there's a million ways a to trait. get it choose one preach daniel uh-huh daniel bring it back there, double your money and make a stack on to the next one <laughs> anyway continue so there's a new trait in livewire called wireable okay and you just add that trait to any class php class at all mm-hmm. and you make two methods to livewire and from livewire okay and and one of them it receives the data to hydrate the thing and then the other one you return the array of data so that's it um I am going to real quick make the argument that those are confusing names. I don't know. And they should be wire hydrate and wire dehydrate or live wire dehydrate, live wire. Yeah, I guess it is interesting because Because it's like two two live wires. Two doesn't tell me whether we're hydrating or dehydrating. Right. So it's it's I guess it's assuming that live wire is a front end JavaScript library. From live wire is the hydrate method and two live wire is the dehydrate. Two live wire is the dehydrate. Yep. And from and so well this is a little bit helpful with this with knowing which is which, from live wire has to be static, if you think about it. Right, yes. It's a static function that returns itself. Yep. An instance of itself. So that's what's been PR'd. I guess there is a chance to reverse uh, it. It's not tagged. They call a, a named constructor kind of like the two live wire and from live wire for some reason well, i like the from I, I know live it's wire i don't like the two live wire yeah i don't know bro so well whatever um what do we do daniel 
I feel like we just keep it and document it, you know? It's the yeah, kind of I thing mean, that... it's People will learn over time. It's just yeah. not immediately intuitive. I know, which sucks. It sucks. Yeah, well, ah, say la vie. Say la vie is right. La vie. Daniel Colborn. Say it again. La vie! <laughs> okay, so this is the first thing that is introduced that is going to be nice. Um, then you got the deep model data binding, which is something yeah. that you're kind of barking up that tree. And it is so cool because you could have like user or you could have post as a public property in a live wire component. Yes. And then you could loop through those posts and have like a text area input wire modeled to comments in that post. Mm-hmm. So you could say like wire model post. And then you have a save method that just goes dot... save many on your posts. Yeah, exactly. You which can... is a thing yeah, that I really want to do. You can add new comments mm-hmm. and like wire model to them before they're saved to the database and yeah. it, it'll all be live and like per, and like you know hydrated and dehydrated yeah, No, perfectly. this is this is the thing that I've been like this yeah, is the dream I've been tree. selling for fucking a year. Yes, and I've been scared of it forever um but Josh Hanley is not scared of anything. Good. So he's he's Shout like Josh Hanley. Dude, Josh Hanley have no idea this How freaking I, guy. I gotta, we got to hang out. He's a great guy. Um, so Josh Hanley, he just rolls up his sleeves and PRs it and it's done. And a bunch of people used it and it's working great. I used it. It's working great. It's awesome. Like this is going to be crazy. Um, okay. Here's one that, that you probably don't care about, but have you ever been bitten by having multiple root elements in a live wire component? Um, been bitten by it. People get bit by it. How would it bite? It's in the docs, but okay. So if you didn't have a root div in your live wire component and you just had like, I don't know some random two, shit slapped two li's or something yeah, yeah. you know um and you had like live wire stuff inside of them the second one wouldn't do anything you know and i think okay. this even applies to some so uh, yeah. i haven't been bitten by that just because like i'm so beaten into submission by like react and stuff <laughs> that like in view like you just that you just assume that everything view. needs a root element you just assume that everything and right but a lot of people don't really into with that i guess becoming yeah. live wire so it's a big hurdle for people and so for a long time we've wanted good error messaging but to actually you know parsing html is like a very difficult problem it's not really a fully solved problem um and so like i could add all that overhead and do a bunch of parsing and maybe get somewhere close to assurance that i were detecting two things but we also have to account for comments and script tags and all sorts of stuff it's just like it always just seemed like can you, something can you that you just do the error messages on the front end yeah, so that's what we're doing. Okay. Um, but even that is a difficult problem for a few reasons. And but so what we ended up doing is now, when every liveware component is rendered, a comment marker is added in the DOM in the in the output HTML. There's a comment at the end that says um, basically liveware end and then an ID. So then when liveware on the front end boots up from an element, it it walks its siblings until it finds that, and it makes sure that there's nothing in between itself and mm-hmm. that end marker comment and if there is it'll throw a warning in the console gotcha. so it's it's a huge hurdle for newcomers people get bit by that and then they have no idea what to do gotcha. and so this is one that it's because it's silent it's like half of my component works the other half is just sitting there and just doesn't work and so right. this is this is a solution to that so that's something that has been on the list for a long time and again josh hanley um yeah, rolled up his sleeves and tackled it. And then, you know, a lot of these things like he 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 puts it's what it is like. I don't just sit there and for my own fault, like I don't just sit there and think very often. Sometimes I do this, but 
I'm not like, what's a hard thing in Livewire? Roll up my sleeves and just tackle it. You know, it's like I need mm-hmm. somebody to put in the work to get a PR going. Mm-hmm. And then we can talk about it and hash it out. And so this is kind of the magic that's happening with Josh Hanley. And he can take a PR pretty far anyway, if not to completion. So anyway, um, other things added. So yeah, there's those things. There's stuff like whatever. There's a bunch of little stuff like file download fixes and niceties and S3 bucket file stuff. Google Cloud storage support, a um, bunch of stuff like that. There's whatever. So yeah, some more niceties, better support for blade component layouts. I forget what that one is even. Immutable date time support. Um, what else? Oh, there was like, there's a few deep bugs that it, it's not worth like really going into, but I'm tempted, but um, whatever. So a bunch of deep bugs have been solved. And then let me just do a quick compare because so much has happened since i started writing the um the change log like every day we're just like getting stuff going um so oh so i think yeah josh like has support i think he pr'd support for like recursive collection ah i don't even remember i'm not even gonna say it because hey what does the verified tag on a release mean on github i don't know I if you go to your releases, like 254 and 139 and everything except for 255 has a verified thing next to it. Oh, yeah. I don't know. This verified shows up in on play. GitHub.com and signed with GitHub's verified signature. Oh, maybe if you like commit something on your own, it's not verified when you push it up and like only the, the commit that gets merged or something. I don't know. That's what I'm seeing. Something like that. But okay. So when you bind to a query string query param you know in livewire mm-hmm. so you have like a property in your query string if you have an array it url encodes the array symbols and it looks like junk you get a bunch of like ampersand garbage mm-hmm. and but you can put array you know bracket you can put square brackets in a url mm-hmm. so somebody finally pr'd clean query param and it's just like there's a flag that you pass to url encode that's like just tells it that it's okay to have square brackets in yeah yeah so those are going to look so much better. Um, Josh did this one. Uh, if you have a post with a bunch of data and you have like wire model on a bunch of inputs for like post.title, post.this and that, um, and you want to target a loading element for everything in the post, you know. So now you could say like wire target post and that loading element will show a loading spinner when anything in that array, in that post array, it doesn't have to be a model, it could be any array. Um, where before you you had to target specific things, you know, right. you had to target like post dot title. So that, this, um, this is a, God, this is such a hard topic to define, but this is something that I'm thinking about a lot is nested, nested things and wanting to be able to like, to address the something about the children on the parent. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't. <laughs> so like, well, like this, like being able to like watch for changes on the parent that include yeah. changes of the children. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Like I recently was just dealing with something like this is just Dom not being good. But like I wanted to know if the focus was within an element. Yeah. Right. And like you mm-hmm. just can't, you can't, you can't do it. You can. Can you? Totally. How? Yeah. So you get the so if your element is so there's like you let's say a div and a span. Divs outside, spans inside. Or div and a button, because the button's focusable and you want to know if 
something inside the div is focused, right? Mm-hmm. So the one weird thing is, you know, to get the focused element of a page, it's, there's no like clean API. It's document dot active element. element. Yeah. Right. So you call document dot active element, and then you could do a, um, I think is it. So I guess it would be the opposite. I think any element you can do a dot contains. Oh, so you could say if this contains document dot active element. Yeah, you can check if uh, if an element contains another node. So it's just oh, dot dude, contains. That's an Alpine plugin right there. Contains I mean, it's also focus. just dot contains. Oh, no, 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 no. Like focus. X contains focus or whatever. Yeah, I guess or I'd like have to a, think a more dollar about sign. the use case. I'd have to experience the use case a little more. Yeah. But I smell you. Yeah, I mean, I could explain it all, but it's stupid. <laughs> it's it's literally just like... I mean, I um, get it. I could see for how... That, for that... Yeah. Um, I'll just go into it briefly. So for, so for that same select box thing that I was talking about where mm-hmm. we have the front end search inside the select box and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that input can is auto-focused when you open the dropdown, okay. right? Yep. So the button can be focused and the input can be focused. Okay. Um, and I was playing with like what I want the behavior to be as you're tabbing through inputs. Yeah. And so what I want it to be is basically like, if neither the button nor the input is focused, I want the dropdown to close. So I want you to, if you like tab, 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 and then you tab to the button, the dropdown should open. Right? Okay, yep. And then when the dropdown opens, the focus changes from the button to the search input. Okay. Right? Yep. And then if you Mm -hmm. hit tab again, the focus then moves out of that input into the next focusable thing okay, yeah. and the input should close again. Okay. But then if you're shift tabbing from yep. the search input, you shift mm-hmm. tab and you, your focus goes back to the button. Right. So then it's a, so anyway, I was just playing with that and I was playing with like, okay, well what I really oh, okay. want is like every time you change focus, I want to then like see, okay, now does, is some child of this, component focused if it is then be open if it's not then be closed i got you okay um right so i mean there is css like well tailwind has focus within i think yeah but um, then focus it's like groups and focus within but but if you don't want to do it in that's css that's how i want to do it if you're controlling it with the javascript state then then yeah that's um i guess i could just experiment with removing is open completely and just having it purely and CSS driven. And just having driven. it purely CSS driven. That's pretty interesting, yeah. Oh, that's kind of hot. Wee wee. Wee wee wee. Could be. Programming's a fun fun job when you're yeah, playing I'm, with I'm, intru- Dude, I'm actually you and so I dude, more I'm working on components myself and like I'm working on a carousel slider yeah. right now. And oh man, and dude, it's so it. funny because like you think you're done and then you go away. And then you're like, oh, you're not actually, done. you know what? There's a better way to do that. Like, I've thought I was done with this stupid select box like five different times. And I keep mm-hmm. coming back being like, you know, this really well, should a be big, different. That's a big beef to, to bite. Uh, yeah. yeah. But it's really not. It's like not as big as, hmm. like, it doesn't have all the features of select two or anything. Right, right. You know, it's literally yeah. just like a drop down. You select options and then you can filter mm-hmm. the options. That's it. Mm-hmm. But... You get in there. There's a lot of little decisions to make. A lot of little schmeckles. The uh, the carousel I'm working on is reminding me Carousel. how 
amazing uh, alpine is alpine is so good dude. it's so strong dude oh my gosh man Carousel. can't imagine building this stuff any other way there's a so, super cool dude this carousel you can if you were on a phone you could swipe it with your finger you know with your thumb um and or you could press the buttons you know or you could scroll with your scroll bar if you were on a mouse or you could press the you could press the slide buttons, the individual slide buttons, or you could press the arrow buttons. And you can, if there's focusable things inside of a slide, all the focusable, if it's visible, it will be focusable. If it's not visible, if it's like in this, if it's not the current slide, it won't be nice. focusable. So it's not going to steal your, your focus. Nice. Um, there's so many little things. That, and like what that happens like, if like... If it weren't for Alpine Man. So if you like tab 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 and you're focusing something and then the slide changes where does your focus go so it uh the browser just handles this perfectly really? because i'm using tab index mm-hmm. to both enable and disable focus on an element and so it will just go to the next focusable element if something loses focus that's pretty cool yeah and the, so the real like beef thing there were a couple couple beef things but the big beef thing was using x intersect bro dude x intersect is sick oh my gosh i just added a new api to it so um today they're on alpine v2 by the way i just need to like fools and it's like the upgrade is coming it's just not like there's other stuff that needs to happen right right this second yeah but it's like i can't like i'm like i'm wary of writing of of writing too much alpine until we've upgraded you know what i'm saying right i mean it's not hard to upgrade you know no i know i know rechange too much but yeah but yeah there's a lot we just need Um, to like do it and then like go through and see if anything's broken and do all that you know yes so let me give you quick the real quick thing on this x intersect thing so this carousel dan are you Mm -hmm. with me okay yeah froze for a sec um, this carousel thing is actually just a an overflow hidden like overflow flow scrolling like flex thing with scroll snap because browsers have s- scroll snap and scroll smooth snap. scroll. So when you apply both of them, oh dude, oh my gosh, man, so nice. This whole thing works with your arrow keys as well, by the way. So, um, you got yourself your scroll snap, You're which so makes happy. everything nice. What's that? You're so happy. I'm so happy, dude. I'm so happy. Because I kind of embarked on this thing not really knowing how this would shake out. But here's the cool thing. I rigged this all up in the way, in a straightforward way that makes a lot of sense. Like you have next and previous buttons. And when you click them, they slide the thing. And they do that by setting the scroll left of the container. And because there's scroll snap, you know, you could even set it to like a wrong number and it'll snap to the right number. And if you add smooth scroll, it animates. So it looks like an animation, but... I'm not programming any animation. It's just smooth scroll and scroll snap. It's awesome. So that's cool. But here's the thing. you If I'm controlling the buttons, I can set a little indicator of what slide it is currently so that Alpine knows, and then I can hang a bunch of logic off that. But if you scroll with your mouse, you know, it doesn't know. It doesn't right. know so that you you're have to changing do the math slides. Of- yeah, you could, there's a bunch of different things you could do. But what I did, every slide has an X intersect on it. Right. That just sets itself. Of course. To be the current thing. Of course. And it works like a dog, bro. It just like straight up. <laughs> How does just, a dog work? Well, 
Dogs X work, intersect. Dogs work so well. Done deal, dude. I wasn't sure that it would even work because like I want the container to be the container, not like you know what I mean? Like not yeah, the yeah. viewport, but uh-huh. it actually just works. You just do X intersect slide current slide equals and then the number that the slide is, and it works like a dog. So Daniel, <laughs> here is <laughs> to beat the dead dog. It works like a dog. So Daniel. Um, but I ran into a little bug. What'd you run into? So here's the bug. If you start scrolling or like sliding with your finger, but you don't go halfway on a slide, okay? Mm-hmm. No, 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 but you can you can fix all that with your intersect properties. Right, hold on now. Okay. So if you slide not halfway, it sees the next slide, which uh-huh. means that it triggers that intersection observer and it thinks that the but next slide is But it's not 50% intersected. That's not the default. Zero percent is the default. Zero percent is the default. Or like zero point one. You know, just gotcha, have gotcha, to like gotcha. have so you one just need to pixel. Set the, you just have to set the intersection set the threshold, threshold to fifty percent, which yeah. lines up with scroll snaps behavior of only like falling to the next thing if you drag if it over more 50%. than fifty percent. Oh, that's that's pretty sexy. So I added x intersect dot half, and you, so if you have x intersect dot half, it works. I've also added x intersect dot threshold where you can put in the actual like percentage if you want but but most of the time you just need like none half or all you know none none half or all um which on that note daniel would you think doctor about none half or all (laughs) (laughs) do you find yourself waking up with cold sweats thinking about components that you're halfway done writing the none half or all maybe for you talk to your doctor Dude, that's really good. We just invented a drug on the show. Yeah. I hope and this you is know, a drug recurring patents joke. are kind of where it's at. Drug NFTs. You know, it's so hard to patent anything in open source. Don't stop it. Open source doesn't need patents, Daniel. I don't it's know. It's okay to just steal I think that's your I thought your position was schmick. I thought your position was that like uh the GPL and MIT license are toxic and that everything should be like a fully owned subsidiary of Caleb Co. Incorporated. I am going for that. I know it seems like I'm going for that, Daniel. But it's because I am. (laughs) It's because I am. You can use the code, but you can't use the code. Yeah. Don't, you know, you can use use it, it, but you're unethical for using it. Yeah. It's unethical to use it, but you can use it. You can use it, but But don't. don't. (laughs) Daniel. Daniel. Yeah. So that's that. I just was, okay. X intersect dot half. Mm -hmm. Now is it dot full or dot whole? Half. Full. Full. It's full, right? It's width full and width Mm. full in, uh, you know, in tailwind. And height full and yeah. Yeah. It's full. Thoughtful. Thoughtful. It's full. But is it whole? Good. Because that was my thing. But then I'm like, oh, if I end up doing like quarter, third, half, and full, that's weird. But Mm -hmm. I think I'm settling on half and full and then threshold for everything else. Sure. X intersect dot full. Yeah. It's full. full. It's full, dude. I got to change it. Change it right now. What is this? Milk? Um, I don't know, dude. X intersect 2%, dude. X intersect low fat. Dude, bro, I don't even know. Some pulp. <laughs> so, Daniel, we're working on some, components. Some pulp. Me and you, and we're having a ball. Dude, we're, um, we're having some pulp over here. Here's more of what's coming to Liveware. Uh-huh. So you got those loading state things. You got clean query strings. You got the wireable trait. You got the deep model nesting. You got some other niceties. Um, 
what else is there? I swear there's more cool stuff um, besides just multi-root. Oh, we have a few things cooking. Oh, dude, there was a whole deep thing with... Ah, I could go deep on all these things, but nobody cares. Well, Caleb, um, the good news is my contract has been extended. Hey, Well, seriously? actually, you know what? Technically hasn't been extended, but they told me they want to extend it. So that means I'm yeah. coming back to work on Monday. Um, right. Because it was like, do I, am I, do I have anything to do on Monday? Yeah. <laughs> like, anyway. Dude, embed yourself in that project. Make them hire you full time. It's, it's really good. Do they listen to the show? They listen to the show. Hey, listeners who hired but, Daniel, I don't know who you are. I really don't. But so I can just say this. Hire this freaking man. Have you seen how beautiful he is? Very beautiful. My gosh, um, he's stroking his mane right now. Anyway, all I'm saying is... Just the like man lust surrounding him should... Should be know, enough. Should be enough. Yeah. But he's so smart. I come with, I come with other assets as well. Um, but Caleb, Wait, uh, the good Daniel, news is like, I'm in the world now. So you don't have to go deep on it today because you can go deep on it next episode because all the episodes from here on out for the foreseeable future, we get to talk about Livewire stuff and Alpine stuff and stuff that's actually happening in my real life. Word up and to your mother. Yeah. That's, and um, let us hereby say goodbye to dude, the, cam the, the camping wait. arc. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the camping arc is over. <laughs> We're on to the Livewire arc. Slash Melvore Idol. Thank you for right. hanging We've out for the camping, camping arc. With... The camping arc was sick. We talked about knots for like four episodes in a row. Dude, somebody legitimately told me, and I think they were serious, that yeah. they went camping because we've been talking so much about camping. Oh, uh, maybe we shouldn't. We'll we'll have a we'll have a second camping arc in like a year, but okay. But for now, the camping arc is over. Dude, do you watch Alone? We already did the Alone arc, Caleb. Oh man, dude, I don't. I repeat everything because I don't God, remember. Yeah, anything. we don't remember. <laughs> we already did Alone. <laughs> we talk about the same. Alone already happened the same on the show. <laughs> well, next we, week we you're going to be like, I found this crazy alone. game called Melver Idol. It's going to be as wild. Bro, well, this is a reminder to everybody to freaking watch alone. I don't care who you are. I don't Ooh. care who you are. Caleb, watch I, just, alone. I just learned something about um, my Melvore Idol bot. What's that? It's if you open a different tab in the same browser window, my bot stops working and I die. Hmm. Oh, because you can't like click in the background? I think it's like browser tab suspended type of stuff oh right it could like slow down your interval or something or i just yes. either the click or the interval One something of those. but anyway regardless um i just died in melvor idol while we were talking oh bro do you lose everything i don't know you can't you have the option to lose something but i don't think i lost anything oh well there you go daniel i'm gonna finish this what's doing live where quick and just name them okay i know we can talk about any time name them and shame them on... baby Whatever, we're going to pagination stuff. There's like a handful of pagination bugs that have plagued Livewire since day one that most people don't encounter. But if you start to go, you know, get a little hefty with, excuse me, pagination, you can. Uh, so Josh Hanley, of course, is trying to solve all the world's problems with pagination. And he's doing a good job. Um, working on a wire duration for loading, not wire duration, wire loading dot delay exists. So you can have like a loading indicator show for a minimum amount of time, you know, like so if like so you don't just get loading indicator blip. You know, you can force, right, right. So you, you can, can force say, like, it. The to, minimum threshold is half a second. Yeah, I forget. If I think delay means like don't show the loading indicator until there's been, you know, this much 
waiting, you know, chasing waterfalls, but there's like really deep reasons why I can't just do wire loading dot delay dot 150 milliseconds or whatever, Mm -hmm. because it has to be a CSS selector. Wire loading has to be able to be CSS selected so that we can hide it when you load up your LiveWire page before LiveWire JavaScript renders. So you don't get a blip. You don't want a blip on your screen before LiveWire renders. Yes. So we use CSS to detect wire loading with an attribute selector and hide anything that has wire loading. Yes. So we added wire loading dot delay and we can add a selector for that. But you can't add a wildcard selector for an attribute. You can do it for an attribute value, but not for an attribute. So this means that we've been restricted. So Josh had the grand plan of like, well, what if we we went barked up a few different trees, but so instead of just 150 milliseconds, we're doing like shortest, shorter, short, long, longer, longest, like tailwind. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, that's coming to LiveWire, and then there's like an Octane fix coming. There's a PHP 8 union type bug fix coming. These are like big things that are kind of hard to do that we've been working on for a while. Um, Cursor pagination is coming. And then the big thing that uh, I'll tease for like my current vision of the future of LiveWire, it's like we need to tackle SPA mode. Like that has to happen. Mm -hmm. And I was talking with Mitch about this yesterday and he's like, why don't I'm talking about Turbo He's like, why don't you just use Turbo? And we've talked about this. But anyway, the tree I'm currently barking up is like, should Turbo be included with LiveWire? And should we actually like make it a, like you don't even know you're using Turbo, but use Turbo, you know, Hotwire's Turbo. Yeah. To just like. To do what? To make it so that it feels like an SPA. You can go between pages without reloading the page. And even deeper than that, there's turbo frames and all sorts of stuff. And we could probably get LiveWire working with turbo frames and turbo streams, which means we could have like little portally things that use history so state. Like I am, my gut check on this is that you should, yeah, build, you should build it yourself. I, I don't know. I feel like that's going to be a huge pain in the ass, <laughs> which is already okay. married to morph Dom, dude. So this is basically like, I mean, how many of these dependencies do you want to hang your app on or hang your framework on? Oh, no. I mean, Turbo is something that like Alpine already works with Turbo. I think it needs like one little bit of code if you want persistent stuff between pages. But but like the way Alpine is written and the way LiveWire will be rewritten, the front end part will just be mutation observer reactive, you know, so it shouldn't actually matter. I know what you're saying and I feel that. But I'm just thinking like Turbo might like it. I'm thinking that it might be even more than just a go between pages. It might just be more than a Turbo links, you know, Mm -hmm. like we might be able to use Turbo frames and Turbo streams and the Turbo native stuff. That's like super exciting. If we could just use Turbo native and all that stuff and like bundle it, that would be crazy. Yeah, it was cool. So um, one of the guys at uh, at the at the app at widget co incorporated um (laughs) has sort of like he was basically talked into using livewire by the other guy Mm -hmm. um this is the guy who originally built the thing in like frameworkless php and jquery right right crazy um and now he's just like buzzing along being a livewire developer but he was Mm -hmm. never a laravel developer oh my gosh so he's just a livewire developer that's crazy you know what i'm saying and so uh he asked me yesterday, he was like, do you think like Livewire is like just a new thing or do you think it's going to like stick around or whatever, you know? Mm. And I was like, well, I definitely think like this concept of like HTML over the wire, like this sort of way of building apps is 
here to stay, right? Like, and so then, like, I got to explain live view and hotwire and all these things that, like, in our world of like, like terminally online Laravel developers, like everyone just knows about all these things. Yeah, but it's like this guy just is writing code. He has a business yeah, that makes money. People under rocks that. Well, he's yeah, not even like, under a rock. He's just under. He's just in not on Twitter in the way that we right, are. That's yeah. you know, and it's yeah, like he's he's starting to like follow like, like Adam Wathen and stuff on Twitter and like you know like encounter these people who to me are like foundational in like my programming, right, way of life. You know. So anyway, it's just cool to like, it's cool that to see like someone come at it from a totally different angle, right. Um, somebody from, uh, used to work at wire, wireable. What's the, that's a trait that you can stick on a thing to make it, uh, <laughs> it, so it's to live wire and from live wire. One of them hydrates, <laughs> one of them dehydrates. It's impossible to know which you, one. You don't know which one. What's the publication with wire in it? Wired it's magazine. Popular. Wired magazine. He was a, a writer for wired live, live wired magazine. He got scooped up by GitHub. I talked with him when he worked for Wired. And anyway, he got scooped up by GitHub. And so he's doing a piece on this family of frameworks. So he interviewed me about LiveWire, which is interesting because anybody in like mainstream tech that interviews me is always interviewing me about GitHub sponsors or Alpine. Right. It's like never about LiveWire. But he was interviewing me about LiveWire because this could be he, a just, moment. he interviewed Chris McCord about LiveView. And he actually interviewed a few community members, including Josh Hanley, um, about LiveWire. Um, yeah, so it's cool. Like these tools are getting some airtime, um, and he'll yeah. probably do something on, you know, Hotwire and stuff like that. So cool. So yeah, yeah, man. Um, Daniel, uh, one thing I want to leave you with: I tried something new today, and it was amazing. I'll just tell you, frosted mini weights in milk. <laughs> Daniel. Oh my god, Caleb. What have I been doing? I told Charlotte. I told Charlotte about your god awful <laughs> breakfast ideas. So Charlotte already we we must have covered this. Charlotte makes fun of me for liking frosted mini weights at all. <laughs> right? She's like, that's a stupid cereal. You shouldn't like that. Anytime we're at the store, I grab a box of frosted mini weights and like put it in the cart. It's like when you're six years old and you put like like Reese's Pieces cereal in the yeah, cart right, right. and your mom looks at you like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, you know, this isn't going to fly. Like you think you think we're buying Reese's Pieces cereal? It's Get not, out of it's, here. It's uh, uh, Reese's how I, Puffs, Reese's Puffs. Yeah, Reese's Peanut Puffs. Peanut butter chocolate flavor. Yeah, you put Reese's Puffs in the thing when you're eight years old. Your mom looks at you with the exact same look that I get as a 30-year-old man when I put frosted mini weights in the cart. And Charlotte looks at me like, are you serious? Like, because they're not because they're like kid cereal, right? Because they're gross. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I like them. Yeah. Good for you, Daniel. I like them. But I didn't know you were so on the same page. But no, I'm not. Don't get this. Don't get it twisted. We're not on the same page. You're a psychopath. Don't get it twisted. Um, because you, you eat them literally the driest cereal. <laughs> literally the driest cereal there has ever for been. Sure. You eat without milk. Daniel. And so I told this. Charlotte about this. And then he, she, her immediate question was, does Hannah also do that? Daniel. 
And Let me tell I was you. like, I don't think we discussed this, but I assume that she looks askance at him when he does it. And she does, no good, doubt. Good, good, but, good. Because I thought Daniel, she was the sort Daniel. of the smart one. Right. She is for sure. <laughs> Dan, yeah. we just got back from the Adirondacks. Imagine that's what we do. <laughs> Are we and doing camping again? We were, we're doing camp. Actually, we stayed in a really dope motel right, and we fly fished and it was great. We had walls. Um, so, Daniel, on our ride there, maybe? We were going, she, she was going to a wedding to shoot. And we, oh, I forgot my waiters. <laughs> and she, like, literally were, like, driving far away to go to a wedding. And she planned, like, 20 minutes of leeway. And I wasted the 20 minutes on forgetting my waiters as soon as we got on the thruway. I felt like a dunce. But that happened. Well, and why plan 20 minutes of leeway if you're not going to use it? exactly well it was for the breakfast that she was robbed of because of me okay so she was like so there wasn't actually bitter about it right so right not really but this was like we can't even go through a mcdonald's drive-through so um so (laughs) well what's she gonna eat what i'm eating and what am i eating daniel dry frosted Frosted mini wheats in a box totally dry and she mowed those things down and was like i i gave her one i was like man you know you could i mean you could try it like desperate times so she tries it and she just keeps keeps eating them i'm telling you really hungry you go one after the other so then like the next few days she was down she was just like eating dry frosted mini wheats with you doing me. this to your like and lovely wife she liked wife. it she liked it you know it. like she, she, she was the such whole... a she was, she was such a nice person before I she met you and you made her a it's gross true. person like you are the like i'm sitting here like fantasizing about our future children that like we all go on like a road trip and everybody you know, goes to and the you store you got the family size frosted mini wheats <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm thinking everybody gets their own cereal box for their trip it's like breakfast taken care of. We're not spending a dime on breakfast and we're not preparing or wasting time. You know, the supermarket, we go beforehand, go to the dollar store. Everybody pick out a box of cereal. And then it's like, we're driving. It's morning. Everybody eat your cereal. Dad, I want pancakes. Shut up and eat your mini weeds. Yeah, tough titties. <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted to share with you that this morning, <laughs> she's like, we have almond milk, you know. And she poured some almond milk in and... Holy cow, man. Yeah, it's a whole, different, it's a whole different ballgame. Have you ever had frosted mini-wheats with milk? It's, <laughs> it's delicious. Oh, my God. Yeah, frosted uh, mini-wheats are great. They're only great with milk. The, without milk, that's self-torture. It makes sense because, like, when I met you, Caleb, you were on this uh, financial independence retire early Community. Right now, I'm looking to retire. Late yeah, you like to, you like to, and, but like I remember the times where like you had like a whole complex process where like you forced yourself to return things before you could own them. Right, right. Like yeah. you like to do unnecessarily painful things to yourself. Yeah, you know, forced hardship. Forced hardship. Yeah, and so it makes sense that you would enjoy eating goddamn dry frosted mini wheats. Don't knock it till you try it, Daniel. I. Don't knock it till you try it. I'm and I know you think it, you've tried it. I'm not going to try it. No, you are going to try it. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> you're going to bring the box over to your desk tomorrow morning. 
and you're just gonna try one and before you know it that's that's 30 weeks that's real later, rich of you to ex- to assume that i'm at my desk in the morning oh right i right. get to my desk and in the early afternoon <laughs> yeah well when you you know sit down for your lunch bust out the mini wheats mini wheats for lunch now you're robbing me of lunch well your lunch your breakfast our lunch mm, i only eat two meals i don't eat three meals you probably eat a third meal, which is like late night gorging, right? Uh, I don't really gorge. Really? Yeah. But I, I eat. I eat here and there. Yeah. Maybe I should start gorging. Totally. That's how you get your calories in, man. <laughs> it's very important to get your calories in when you're a relatively sedentary programmer. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. Listen. <laughs> Yeah, listen, man. You know. Uh, so, uh, oh uh. my gosh, we didn't even talk about Brock, dude. Oh, can this What's be a Brock? double episode? How's we... the how's the van going? Did he uh, blow it up? No, he he's about this close to blowing it up. He's gonna blow it up any day now. <laughs> any, t- I'm, any day now, there's gonna be a news bit. Littleton, <laughs> yeah. Colorado. Um, guy blows up a van in an empty field. Dude calls me wants to become a programmer. Brock. Yeah. Of all people. Of all people. The guy who we always point to is like the trades are where it's at. He's Get the into labor. the trades. He he's wants to the, become a He's programmer. a worker in Dude, the field. So, you know, I've got a new mentor guy. Not mentor, mentee. I've got a new mentee. mentee. Um, who is a friend of mine who wants to become a programmer. Cool. And he was trying to drop 15, 20, 30, I don't know, some stupid yeah. number of Gs. On a boot camp. On a boot camp. I'm going to encourage Brock to do it. So this is an interesting. And he thing. came to me and he said, you come to me. should I drop this money on this boot camp? And I gave him all the pros and cons. I looked at the technologies that the boot camp teaches you. If you're going to go to a boot camp, don't go to this boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but anyway, um, I was like, dude, how about this? Why don't we for three or four months? add you to my slate of weekly mentorship calls mm-hmm. so we'll do one weekly mentorship call a week i'll charge you a hundred dollars how often one a week okay i'll charge you a hundred dollars for the call yeah uh so you're gonna end up giving me like 1.5 grand or something um and we will learn laravel together and i will give you homework and if you get stuck on the homework because you're my friend not because you're a client. For too low payments. If, if you are listening to this and you want this from I'm trying me, to get cozy but with I don't Daniel. know you in real life, you can't have this service. Daniel's but because he's my friends. friend and I like him and I want him to have a successful career, I'm willing to just hop on the phone whenever and not bill you to help you out of a jam if you get stuck on the homework. So that's what's happening. And here's the things we have learned. We have learned about controllers and views and models. And we've learned about belongs to many relationships. We've learned about has many's and belongs to's. We have learned about validation. We have learned all the yeah. cool things. And I so know Laravel. This guy, this guy, after four mentorship calls, has a Dungeons and Dragons app where you can create a character. You can set their base strength. Shh. You can. What's his starting uh, abilities? Uh, well, so everything defaults to ten. No, no, no. What are his starting abilities in? Uh, so in he tried to program. become a programmer learning JavaScript before. 
Okay, so he knows HTML and CSS. He knows Java, HTML right? and CSS and okay. a little bit of JavaScript. Yeah, I sent him the West Boss like no start learning JavaScript course last yeah. time. He got up to like the beginning of React, and then he started falling down the rabbit hole of like I'm never going to learn the back end. I'm just going to become this weird React developer who doesn't know the back end. Yeah. Um, and then he didn't get a job and ended up doing some other stuff and whatever. So now he's back. And he's like, show me the back end. And, <laughs> and you're like, I'm showing him my, I'm showing him my back end is what's happening. Yeah. You, you can look at my back end. At least buy me dinner. You can look at it. You can't touch. You can't touch my back. <laughs> you can't end. touch it. Um, but um, yeah. Okay, Daniel. Don't you think Laravel should have a boot camp and it should have like handshake deals with any big companies that use Laravel? So that it like places people like a Laravel bootcamp. Yeah, why doesn't Laravel bootcamp exist? There's know. not enough big employers that use Laravel. Yeah, but there's I enough. Think that's work. a big part of it. Yeah, but like you know how bootcamps like don't make people who are like ready or like able to work. It makes people who are like able you know, to go into big companies and then able to go into big companies the and then yeah. be able to work. Oh, dude! <laughs> you just threw a rock at your guitar. I threw a jig head. <laughs> my guitar um, um but yeah someone should do lara camp yeah you know what i'm saying because like my brother is about to become a c-sharp.net developer how depressing is that <sighs> why like, I'm why are you letting him. him do that it is honestly the best path no any not. other path requires a lot of time and this one he can like this guy can't really afford to not make money yeah you know, because mm-hmm. he's like broke as a joke. His spending mm-hmm. habits are the worst. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. He's probably Look, listening. He's got a van. I'm trying to rag on him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he I bought mean, this van. I could have told you that <laughs> just by the fact that he's doing a van build. <laughs> so I anyway, know we spent like, $47,000 building out this van in the last six months. So he could, if he could do the moonlight thing, you know, but like to get to a hireable level, it might take him a year or two, yep. you know? So but he he wants the he wants the like press the button and become a developer now yesterday gotcha. you know yeah people want, really people the, really want that and that's how they end up in these weird bad tech stacks they do but like honestly I'm like hey man I mean you could transform your life in three months that's true you My could you could actually always... have like a decent paying full benefits tech job in three months that's true. So you should do it because if you want to learn Laravel and get into my ecosystem, it's going to take you two years. That's not true. It's true. It's, not. it's totally true. No. Okay, it'll take you a year. If you so can to carve go out, from zero, Daniel, you can I'm talking out. like I need I need you to understand I that understand. like these people, like my brother, who aren't who weren't on computers their whole lives, who don't know like HTML tags, you know? Yeah. No, I get it. So. Going from zero to hireable Laravel developer. People is like, or the thing is Laravel shops are not hiring juniors. We went through this, you know, like there's so many people hiring for Laravel seniors and then less hiring for just mid-level developers. But it's like really hard to get a job if you're a junior, you know? Hmm. So anyway, I wish it were better. I wish, but there's no fast track for Laravel, it seems. I think my pitch is always... If you can dedicate 10 hours a week and you will yeah. consistently always do those 10 hours a week mm-hmm. and you will never skip a week, you will never whatever, you will always do your 10 hours a week, 
Yeah. In six months, you will be conversant in everything in the Laravel ecosystem. And in a year, you'll be hireable. Yeah, maybe as like, you know, yeah, you could do... If, if you use something like Bootstrap and solely Bootstrap... You do that first. And That's the first six stuff. months. The first six months, you're just using Bootstrap. Yeah, yep. The second I mean, yeah, six months, I, you learn I Tailwind. I think you're right. And... Totally. I think you could... I think the thing is that that makes me feel like... I, I agree that it you could pick up Laravel pretty quickly, even if you're not a programmer. It's It's the whole front-end world. You know, that's like, but if even, you know, Tailwind, we've talked about this, like it's a steeper learning curve than, than Bootstrap. Bootstrap makes everything so simple with its JavaScript and its CSS. If you just use Bootstrap for your front ends and just form submissions and Laravel, I think I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. But he's also like, he doesn't want to wait that six months and doesn't want to put in the 10 hours on top of his like work Mm -hmm. plus overtime plus family stuff. So he wants to just just cut the cord and Go to the boot just camp, jump ship and boot How much camp is the boot it up camp? and it's like 16 grand i think and so my friend uh good friend of mine just went through it last year and got a job and uh was actually that that's what we talked about the boot camp stuff yeah, remember we did talk about it yeah and he was like a tester and everything like uh-huh. so brock runs the risk of being placed in those jobs but brock i don't think he'll be picky i think he'll be like and cool i get to there, work remotely hustle. and yeah, exactly. You can work your way out of it, work your way anywhere, which which my other friend did. He's now in like a job where he's developing like MVC apps and stuff. Yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, so Brock's gonna do that. Isn't that crazy? That is pretty crazy. Yeah. And so my pa- anyway, it's just been a whole thing of like, do I, I don't know. I've been really undecided on if I should like caution him against this move, but I think I'm just like, just do it, man. So what? You end up in C sharp. It's a garbage place to be, but hey. You can always get out of it. <laughs> I'm mostly joking, but I do think that. Um, it's more I wouldn't want to be there. The thing yeah. is, like, he doesn't even understand ecosystems. I'm like, this is the thing, Brock. Like, you got to slow down. You don't understand. Like, you think that it's just programming, but you don't understand. Like, there's huge silos. Huge. Yeah. Yep. And then you, you can get stuck in one for your whole career. Yeah. And it's likely the one you start on. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, whatever. So something that we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about again. But what are we at here? Four hours, five hours? Yeah, four or five hours. This is a good one. <sighs> Super good. Juicy. Yeah. The, dude, I, I'm, listen, I hate to overpromise and underdeliver, but I'm feeling like we're going to have a couple good ones in a row here because I'm like loving the vibes right now because I'm just writing Livewire. I'm, I'm storing up topics in my head while I'm writing code. I'm like, yeah, we got to talk about this. We got to talk about this thing. Love it. Yeah, we didn't even talk about some of my topics, but we'll save them for another time. Yeah, yeah. All right, G. Cole, I think, I think we got to just cue this one out. Caleb, it's been a pleasure. Dude, would you... Always a pleasure. Oh, would I? Peg would leg. you... Cue that motherfucking outro music. No, 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 no,